every year about six to seven hundred people die by jumping to a running train. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Tokyo Confidential. I'm Alan, and this week's episode is part one of our two-part special on the amazing psychology of Japanese rail stations. This week, we will look at how the use of carefully placed blue LED lighting has reduced suicide attempts from rail platforms in Tokyo by almost 85%. It is a scene that plays out each weekday morning across Tokyo. Suit-clad salarymen, gaggles of schoolchildren, and other travelers gamely wind their way through the city's sprawling rail stations. To the casual observer, it is chaos. Commuters pack shoulder to shoulder amid the constant clatter of arriving and departing trains. But a closer look reveals something more beneath the surface. A station may be packed, yet commuters move smoothly along concourses and platforms. Platforms are a whirl of noisy activity, yet trains maintain remarkable on-time performance. Indeed, the staggering punctuality of the Japanese train system occasionally becomes the focus of international headlines, such as when West Japan Railways issued an effusive apology after one of its commuter trains left the station 25 seconds early. Japan is home to 45 of the world's 51 busiest train stations, with rail operators handling a combined 13 billion passenger trips each year. Ridership of that volume requires a deft blend of engineering, planning, and psychology. Beneath the bustle, unobtrusive features are designed to unconsciously manipulate passenger behavior via light, sound, and other means. Japan's boundless creativity in this realm reflects the deep consideration given to public transportation in the country. Rail stations, whether in Japan or elsewhere, are also great places to see the principles of nudge theory at work. Pioneered by behavioral economist Richard Thaler, who was awarded the 2017 Nobel Memorial Prize for his work, and Harvard Law School professor Cass Sunstein, the theory posits that gentle suggestions, or nudges, can subtly influence people towards decisions ostensibly in their own or society's best interests. In the UK, there's a government office devoted to the idea, the Behavioral Insights Team, or Nudge Unit, and their work often shows up in the transit realm. In 2016, for example, London Underground operator Transport for London partnered with the Behavioral Science Department at the London School of Economics to develop ways of encouraging riders to queue on both sides of station escalators as a means of increasing their capacity in the capital's Holborn station. Among other measures, simple hand and footprints were also painted on each side of the up escalators. In Australia, researchers conducted an experiment with lighted directional arrows on signposts to improve flows of departing passengers. When it comes to passenger manipulation, however, what sets the stations of Japan apart from their counterparts is both the ingenuity behind the nudges and the imperceptible manner in which they are implemented. Japan's nudges reflect a higher order of thinking in regard to transit. The orderliness of society in Japan is taken as a given. Japanese commuters know how to queue on an escalator and can easily navigate the confusing but wide-open spaces of Tokyo's rail stations without assistance. This allows rail operators to instead focus on deeper psychological manipulation. Japan has one of the highest suicide rates among OECD nations, and often, those taking their own lives do so by leaping from station platforms into the path of oncoming trains, with Japan averaging about two such instances each day. 
It is a brutal, disruptive end that can also wreak havoc across the transit system. Standing at either end of a platform in Tokyo's Shinjuku Station, one might detect a small square LED panel emitting a pleasant, deep blue glow. Nestled among the vending machines and safety posters, the panel might be dismissed as a bug zapper, but these simple blue panels are designed to save lives. Operating on the theory that exposure to blue light has a calming effect on one's mood, rail stations in Japan began installing these LED panels as a suicide prevention measure in 2009. They are strategically located at the ends of each platform, typically the most isolated and least trafficked areas, and accordingly, the point from which most platform jumps occur. Some stations, such as Shinkoiwa Station in Tokyo, bolster their LED panel regime with colored roof panels, allowing blue-tinted sunlight to filter down onto platforms. It is an approach that has proven to be surprisingly effective. According to a study by researchers at Osaka University published in the Journal of Effective Disorders in 2013, data analyzed over a 10-year period shows an 84% decline in the number of suicide attempts at stations where blue lights are installed. A subsequent follow-up study revealed no corresponding increase in suicide attempts at neighboring stations lacking such lights. We spoke with the author of those studies, Professor Tetsuya Matsubayashi, at his office at the Osaka School of International Public Policy at Osaka University about his findings. Professor Matsubayashi admits he was initially skeptical of the effect blue lights might have. Blue lights, they must be, they must have no impact on suicide prevention, we thought, and we couldn't find any theory to support that blue lights are effective. As he and his team dug into the data provided by a Tokyo Rail Company, however, he found a surprising result. Our analysis suggested that in comparison to those stations without blue lights, those stations where blue lights were installed, they showed significant reduction in the number of suicides just after blue lights were installed. And as our paper suggested, the percent of reduction was close to 80% which was a surprising result. While the data shows a clear impact of blue lights on reducing suicide attempts, the actual mechanism by which the blue lights operate in that regard remains unknown. One popular theory holds that the soothing nature of blue lights can calm those contemplating suicide. Professor Matsubayashi also posits that blue lights could create a distracting environment that may snap one out of suicidal ideations. Another like, kind of interpretation we can make is that Blue lights were effective not because of blue lights, but because of some kind of a unusual environment given to passengers, right? So if people think, if people feel that something is different from what I know, then they can be very careful, right? And they may not be doing something unusual, right? As Professor Matsubayashi notes, however, the blue light system is not foolproof, a point I discovered firsthand. Shortly after my visit with Dr. Matsubayashi, I returned to Tokyo to visit the infamous Shinkoiwa station to film its extensive system of blue lighting. The station itself is, in a word, creepy. The atmosphere of its reputation hangs in the air, and there is a perceptible feeling of tension as one walks through the station. And for good reason. Shinkoiwa station is a so-called high-speed pass-through station in which express trains whiz by platforms without stopping. Accordingly, it has become infamous on Japanese message boards as a prime spot for suicide attempts from station platforms. 
During a break in filming, I headed from the platforms to the concourse level below to grab an ice cream cone. At that moment, the station shook as a passing train slammed on its emergency brakes. A passenger had jumped in front of a passing Narita Express train. The following audio was captured in the chaotic moments that followed. While not 100% effective, as a low-cost, low-disruption option, blue lights provide tremendous benefit overall. But blue lights are not the only tool available to rail operators in Tokyo. Stations across Tokyo and the rest of Japan installed chest-high barriers as a means of preventing suicide attempts. But platform barriers are expensive, and about 70% of Japan's largest and most traveled stations do not have the platform space or structural strength to accommodate them. While there are hopes to have platform barriers installed in all 243 of Tokyo's train stations by 2032 at a cost of $4.7 billion US, rail operators in the interim will have to use alternative measures such as blue lights. That does it for part one of the psychology that goes into the operations of Japanese train stations. Special thanks to Professor Matsubayashi for taking the time to speak with us, as well as to City Lab, who published an earlier version of this article on which today's episode is based. Be sure to check out our Substack page at tokyoconfidential.substack.com for additional photos and videos from today's episode. Part 2 next week will examine the science behind the pleasant departure melodies heard at stations across Japan and their ability to reduce passenger injuries. As always, stay safe, stay curious. listeners and welcome back to Tokyo Confidential. This is Alan and this week features part two of our series on the psychology that goes into the operations of Japan's rail stations. Our topic? The charming melodies that mark the departure of trains at stations across Japan and how they contribute to improved passenger safety. Commuting at rush hour in Japan is not for the faint of heart. The trains are jam-packed at as much as 200% capacity during the height of rush hour, and razor-thin connection times to transfer from one train to another leave little margin for error. Compounding the stressful nature of the commute in years past was the nerve-grating tome, a harsh buzzer used to signal a train's imminent departure. The departing train buzzer was punctuated by sharp blasts of station attendants' whistles. As harried salarymen raced down the stairs and across platforms to beat the train's closing doors. To calm this stressful environment, in 1989, the major rail operator J.R. East commissioned Yamaha and composer Hiroaki Ide to create Hasha Melodies, short, ear pleasing jingles to replace the traditional departure buzzer.
Also known as departure or train melodies, Hasha tunes are brief, calming, and distinct. Their aim is to notify commuters of a train's imminent departure without inducing anxiety. To that end, most melodies are composed to an optimal length of 6 or 7 seconds, owing to research showing that shorter duration melodies work best at reducing passenger stress and rushing incidents, as well as taking into account the time needed for a train to arrive and depart. The tunes feature whimsical titles like Seaside Boulevard or Elegant Trip, and range from the wistful to the jaunty. This bouncy tune, entitled Bougainvillea, is used at Miyazaki Airport Station for its departing trains. Most stations have their own melodies, forming de facto theme songs that become part of the station's identity. Tokyo's ABC station, for example, is known for its departure melody, a short, stylized version of, of the theme from the movie The Third Man. As more stations have added melodies over the years, the original thesis of a calming effect has proven correct. A study conducted in October 2008 at Tokyo Station, for instance, found a 25% reduction in the number of passenger injuries attributable to rushing after the introduction of Hasha melodies on certain platforms. Over the years, station jingles have grown in popularity. There is a group within the railfan subculture dedicated to recording all of the unique Hasha melodies at stations around Japan. The melodies themselves have evolved somewhat as well. On the Tozai line in Tokyo, for instance, composer Minoru Mukaya created the melodies for each station to be played in succession, so that when they are combined, they form a coherent, complete song from the first station through to the last. The use of these jingles is not without controversy, however. Shortly after their introduction, residents living near open-air rail stations, wary of hearing endless repetitions of the same jingles all day, complained of noise pollution. Those complaints aside, however, Hasha melodies remain a mainstay of the Japanese commuting experience. On the other end of the spectrum, some stations deploy ultrasonic deterrence as a means of preventing petty crime and loitering, a stark contrast to the ear-pleasing melodies used on platforms. Despite, or perhaps because of, its reputation as a remarkably safe country, Japan is nonetheless vigilant in combating youth delinquency. Train stations are particularly sensitive in that regard since congregations of young people pass through the stations at all hours of the day. To address the Japanese fear of loitering and vandalism by young riders, some train stations deploy ultrasonic deterrence, small, unobtrusive devices mounted in the ceilings near entrances that emit a high-frequency tone. The particular frequency used, 17 kHz, can generally only be heard by those under the age of 25. Older people can't detect such frequencies thanks to the age-related hearing loss known as presbycusis. These devices, the brainchild of a Welsh inventor and also used to fend off loitering teens in the US and Europe, have been widely adopted in stations across Japan. Standing outside one of Tokyo Station's numerous exits on a recent summer day, it was easy to see the effectiveness of this deterrent in action. Middle-aged salarymen and elderly commuters passed under the sonic deterrence without changing pace. Among the younger, uniform-clad students, however, the reactions were evident. A suddenly quickened pace, a look of confusion or discomfort, and a cry of, Urusai, loud. None appeared to connect the noise to the deterrence placed almost flush in the ceiling panels above. While the deterrents are largely meant to spare the ears of those over the age of 25, 
For those adults with particularly sensitive hearing, such as myself, the effect is the same as it is for teenagers. Indeed, to test the frequencies used in the sonic repellents, I took an oscilloscope to an entrance outside a Tokyo metro station in Shinjuku. As expected, the scope jumped from around 300 Hz from the ambient background noise of Tokyo to over 19,000 Hz directly under the repellent, although I was only able to briefly stay under the repellent despite being over the age of 25. A video of this oscilloscope demonstration will be made available on our website at tokyoconfidential.substack.com. That does it for part two of our series on the psychological hacks that contribute to the smooth operation of Japanese rail systems. Big thanks to CityLab, who published an earlier version of this article on which today's episode is based. Please be sure to check out our Substack page at tokyoconfidential.substack.com for additional photos and videos from today's episode. Check back next week as we change gears away from train stations to examine one of the stranger strategies from World War II the plan to dye Mount Fuji black. As always, stay safe and stay curious. Music